0: And now, a very special edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, with special guest Chris Golden. Sci-Fi Saturday Night.
1: Exterminate!
2: Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. Hello! No! Sci-Fi
0: Saturday Night don't know, don't know
2: Don't know Recorded? Recorded? Live five. And we kind of know what that means Because right now from the shoeshine room Adjacent to the uh, Plinko Parlor At the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Area 51 I am the Dome Welcoming you to a special edition Sci-Fi Saturday Night With us as always uh, From the Four Color Vault of Comics Being let out of his cage once again is Illustrator X. Uh, Boston Comic Con <laughs> flashback. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, and from the Austin Brighton Hellmouth in, outside of Boston, uh, Kriana, how are you, babe?
3: I'm coveting your Plinko parlor.
2: Uh, I know, I know. It oh, just I so hear fun that watching every... the chips drop down like that. <laughs> With us tonight, our special friend of the show, Chris Golden. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, how's it going, Dome? It's going awesome. I tell you, I have never been so tired as (laughs) I was after this past weekend. It just wiped me the hell out.
1: Uh, It was a a hell of a weekend.
3: I think I survived the whole thing on adrenaline.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well,
2: we certainly didn't do it on much else than that. Oh my god, you realize that, that that room was at, at capacity almost the entire weekend.
4: Wait, folks, I just found under a stack of old Richie Rich comics the oh. Dead Redhead is here too.
0: Sorry, everyone, I woke up with a tongue on my throat. What I was doing in my throat, I have no idea. So we will figure <laughs> that out later.
2: <laughs> hey, Dead Redhead, how are you, baby?
0: Doing okay. Uh, <laughs> You sound like wow,
1: I didn't I didn't think I'd hear anybody more tired sounding than you. But the dead. Red scary, isn't it? Awesome. <laughs> really we need to scary. Live in this joint up.
4: Well, I, I've I'm, been I'm saying this for years. years. Comics are serious business, <laughs> just
3: like the internet.
2: You know, you know. I got to say well, one thing to, to our friends at uh, at uh, the League of Ordinary Gentlemen who invited us down to be interviewed Sunday night, and we were just too tired to do it.
3: Although they did have free beer. Kudos on the free beer.
2: Kudos I, on the free beer. I drank a, a, a quarter of
4: my free beer, and I walked away from it. I was like, I can't have any. No, 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 no. And every they were looking at me like, are you pouring out a free beer? I'm like, yes. Oh. It was sad. You know, oh, my some God.
1: You in you can be arrested for that.
4: If, if I was... Well, you then,
0: weren't even the one driving. I
4: know. If I was within a hundred miles God, of old college... Uh...
3: You know, I, I, I tend to think that the after-party wasn't thought through completely, because if they had thought it through completely, they would have thought Comic-Con. Nightclub, and then they would have smacked themselves in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I love them, they, it was yeah. a great idea. They had free comics and you know, drawings that were awesome, but a nightclub, Comic Con.
0: Hmm. Although I love the idea of the Middle East because kudos, I love the Middle East. We've gone there for years. They have the best food. Oh,
4: okay. Now for those of you not from New England, which she doesn't mean the region of the world. She means the club, the Middle East.
3: It was very good food, but
4: seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Chris. Yes. Yeah. Tell tell us all about. Your your latest and greatest projects. What's come, What can we expect from you in the next few months? That's just going to rock our world.
1: Well, um, let's see. Uh, that's it. That's an excellent question. Um, no, the, I he am him occasionally on... <laughs> That's right. What's that? I didn't even. Uh, yeah, he has them occasionally. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, keep working on the next one, and yeah. and I'll chat yeah. in the meantime. Um, actually, I have to tell you that um, <laughs> my good friend Tim Levin and I. Uh, have done this book called The Chamber of Ten, and that comes out the last Tuesday in July. And it's a supernatural thriller. Uh, as part of a sort of loosely loosely related series we do called The Hidden Cities. And, uh, and it's it's pretty damn cool, I have to say. It's, uh, it's, it's set mostly in Venice, and it's all about, uh, you know, magic and, you know, Black magic and mystery, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's pretty damn cool. I can I could tell you about the plot if you want to, <laughs> but you know, I don't want I don't want to bore you. Can and, uh, you hold on? Oh Nobody's forget.
2: Yeah.
1: Nobody's yet. All right, there you go. You will tell me. Ring a bell or something. Absolutely, I have no, it. Now. It's it's actually yeah, there you go. Well, it's actually about. Uh, a a woman who's working. So here's the thing. In Venice right now, I don't know how many people know this because I was flabbergasted to find this out because I'd been there about 20 years ago. And in Venice now, um, the city of Venice or the low-lying areas of the city of Venice flood 100 days out of the year. So basically, this is true. I mean, you can, the St. Mark's Square in Venice, which is that picturesque place where they film in all the time. You see a million movies set there. It's flooded hundred days out of the year. So much so that there are semi permanent, like steps, like platforms. Um, it aligns through through the square, and, uh, and and yeah, it's it's crazy, and um, and it's bad enough that in a lot of places in Venice, they've actually filled the first floor windows with concrete. They've just given up. They've surrendered their, 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 their ground level because it floods all the time. Um, so basically, this, the, 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 uh, the chain of tenets about this woman who is uh, an archaeologist working with the local university, um, to and she, what she's doing is she's going to all the places where there are valuable artifacts and things like that, and, and they want to preserve things, and she's removing them because, you know, the, the, the water level is continuing to rise. And, uh, and so in the course of that, basically, they break through and they find this library that they believe is the Library of Petrarch. Google it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and basically, uh, it, it's pretty damn cool because it, underneath the Library of Petrarch, in a place where there shouldn't be anything because the water would sh- should get in, they find... A, uh, a bunch of obelisks with dead bodies in them uh, from, you know, hundreds of years ago and a heart in a stone jar. And that's sort uh, of leading fast. Uh, but it's, it's pretty damn cool. And um, and weirdly enough, the same day, um, there's a reprint or reissue of my very first novel, which is of Saints and Shadows, which I think we talked about last time. And of Saints and Shadows and The Chamber of Ten um, much of *Faith and Shadows is also set in Venice. So, total coincidence, nice. but, uh, but pretty damn cool.
0: <laughs> so I, have a I have a question for What's you, that? Chris. Could you hear me? I know I'm a little flooded yeah, yeah, myself ahead. this afternoon, <laughs> this evening. Um, but Mike Mignola, when he was on one of his panels, he talked about when he was even just a young kid he knew that all he wanted to do was draw monsters. He knew right off the bat that he was attracted to scary stuff and he wanted to draw monsters. Now, did you love horror right off the bat or were you somebody who found it a little later in life?
1: No, you know what's funny? Is it's weird, actually. I'm, I'm going to answer the question backwards. What's weird yeah. for me is that I do, I do all kinds of other things that are sort of on the fringes of horror. You know what I mean? I do a lot of sort of dark fantasy-like things where the horror, you know, the, the straight-ahead horror guys don't really claim me, you know what I mean? And the fantasy people definitely don't claim me. So I spent a lot of time, you know, in that weird gray area between the two. But at heart, I've always been a horror guy, you know? And uh, and that's from from early childhood. I, I had... Uh, uh, you know, my favorite comic book of all time is Marvel's Tomb of Dracula. I I, I yeah. bought that. And, and Werewolf by Night, I was like seven years old or something like that when I was reading those. Uh, you know, when I, when I got those, that was when I got my first comics, you know. And um, the, I think the first comic book I ever bought with my own money was Tomb of Dracula number 12. Um, and, uh, and I was little. I I might have been six or seven you know, if my mom gave me, you know, a, a quarter or whatever it was to go to the, the pharmacy to get comics. And, uh, yeah, so that was it. And I read, like, you know, I watched the Twilight Zone repeats when I was little, and my dad would wake yeah. me up in the middle of the night uh, to watch Kolchak the Night Stalker. And, and yeah! <laughs> yeah, you know, so so this is the stuff, you know, I mean, it's always the stuff that's saying to me. And I think, uh, you know, when I was first trying to write, At one point, my mother said uh, she hates when I tell this story. But at one point, she said, why can't you write something good? (laughs) And what she meant meant by by good was she meant something that wasn't horrible, you know, something that wasn't horror. And I said, you know, Mom, I've I've written Western stories and science fiction stories and romantic stories and, and fantasy stories, but somebody always dies and um and that's kind of like I think of myself in some ways more of as a pulp writer, you know, and in fact, Mignola has said that to me that you know he, he feels like I was born in the wrong era because the pulp guys had to be able to write anything and so i I love writing all different kinds of things, but they always have dark stuff, you know, dark twists, it's dark at heart, you know what i mean and uh so yeah, that's but yeah, similar. always the horror stuff is always my stuff and and then i I discovered uh. Um, there was an Edgar Allan Poe uh, or oh, Alfred Hitchcock anthology oh, uh, called More Story, uh, Stories, for, Stories for Late at Night and yeah. More Stories for Late at Night. And they were ancient when I found them. And I got them used somewhere for like a nickel, you know what I mean? And, uh, and those were great. And then Charles L. Grant edited the whole Shadows series and stuff like that. Really? So anyway there you go I, that was by my, my and then I found Stephen King and it was all over from there okay well how
3: cool, no, no <laughs> how cool is What's this no dark shadows how cool is this that he said um I said
1: what no dark shadows
3: dark shadows no awesome. you know what
1: I I saw one little like bit of dark shadows as a kid and I thought it was the, the lamest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life <laughs>
3: Oh. <laughs> it was so lame it's cool that's the thing
1: Yes. It's lame. It's, it's sort of the same re- same reason I didn't like Doctor Who when I was a kid because it looked ah! so lame.
3: But you like it you know, now. You're,
2: you're you're driving a stake right next to his heart right now,
1: which is no, perfect no, 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 because I'm agreeing with you completely. No, the modern Doctor Who is awesome.
3: Oh, okay.
1: But when I was a when I was a kid, I just looked at that and I thought it looked so fake and so absurd. You know, it looked like the set would fall apart at any second. It probably it was The same thing with Dark Shadows. Although I liked the, the 1990, was it? Dark Shadows oh. revival.
3: Oh, that must have been the one that I watched, actually. I thought it was cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Anyway, yeah. I just think this is so cool because when I'm Dome's age and sitting in my lazy boy going, get off of
2: Whoa, whoa, the whoa,
1: life. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, Kriana, when, you're, when you're Dome's age, The world will have been destroyed long before that. Probably. probably, It'll uh, be
3: way past 2012, so the world will definitely have ended. But (laughs) I'll I'll be able to say on my podcast that I have with my kids, I'll be all like, you know, the first comic that I bought with my own money, and here's the interview with the man who wrote it.
1: And your (laughs) kids will be like, what's a podcast?
3: (laughs) And I'll be like, and here it is, Angel Number 2.
1: Oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> that, I, it's it's that's sitting funny. Right
3: here in this box right next to me.
1: Yeah,
2: in fact, she, she ripped through all my comics to make sure she had all the ones that she'd gotten signed by you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the <laughs> reason
4: that's she awesome. gave, right.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, my. Now... You know, one of my favorite things I read last year was I read uh, your collaboration with uh, Mike Mignola, Baltimore, uh, yep. based off of your love of Maryland. And um, <laughs> I, anything, anything <laughs> coming up with that?
1: Any yeah, well, actually, the. Um... The big news of the moment is, um, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of comics work because, um, I, I'm so occupied with writing books and, uh, but, uh, but I am coming back to comics this year and I'm really, really excited because I, I, I think that it's, uh, the best, ex- thus far, it's been the best experience I've ever had in comics and, uh, and Mike Mignola and I are writing a series of miniseries that uh, spins right out of the Baltimore novel, uh, and the first one is called Baltimore: The Plague Ships, and it's a five-issue miniseries. First issue wow. ships August eighth. Um, it's it's got it covers by Mignola, It's illustrated by Ben Stenbeck, who's the guy who's doing which who did Witchfinder, which is beautiful, and uh, colored by Dave Stewart, obviously. And and wait, wait until you see this thing, guys. What I love about it is it's, it's so working with Mike gives me permission to be really weird. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, it's just like my stuff is weird anyway, but it's, it's inspirational to work with him because he's so, you know, he so has established that aesthetic for himself that people, you know, people, you know, they, 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 they expected from him you know what i mean so you don't have to um you know you don't have to be as uh structured when you're doing stuff with mike you know they expect certain a certain ethereal quality which is awesome and um and so the plague ships is uh, the introduction of baltimore uh, and his world to comics and it's great because we, we provided some glimpses of the world in the book but in the comics you know, you get to see, like, the first ten pages is Baltimore fighting a whole bunch of vampires who are the the uh, the vampire crew of a World War I German Zeppelin. Oh.
0: Um, so, people, and, if you have uh, not read Baltimore, go out and get yourself a copy, because it was probably one of the best things I read in the last couple of years that had vampires in it. And no, they weren't sparkly. So... <laughs>
1: Can, I no, like no, real vampires quick. don't sparkle. <laughs> for those yeah. of you
3: just joining us, we're talking with celebrity author Chris Golden. Because we're actually getting a lot of listeners on Talk Show. Hi, guys.
2: <laughs> About not sparkly vampires. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, joining <laughs> us
0: on the... No uh, sparkly <laughs> vampires.
1: What's
2: kind of a special I, uh, I little
0: interview
1: we're doing? I don't think anybody's ever called me celebrity author Chris Golden before. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> That's kind of weird. I'm. I think I'm going to go outside. I'm going to leave my bedroom, and the paparazzi are going to be in the hall.
0: <laughs> might
3: you never know. That
1: might be interesting.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you, well,
1: you never know. I mean,
3: if Amber yeah. Benson is crushing I mean, at your house, you're allowed to be celebrity author. Just
1: yeah. No. Okay. Whatever you say. No Boston Comic Con <laughs> was the best thing. About, wait, this is The best thing about Boston Comic Con was. We were over in that corner, and 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 I got to feel like they they kind of threw Boston Comic Con just so I could hang out with my friends. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> Wasn't it cool? Yeah. you had that cool. whole little section there, all to yourself, you and Amber. Well, it was and great, I mean, it, it
1: Tom Pagasi was supposed to be there, but unfortunately, Tom was not able to make it. And, uh, and but if he'd been there, it would have been the perfect weekend. As it was, it was it was near enough because it was me and amber and mike and eric powell and uh, my friend ashley was there so it was you know it was just like you know that was our little corner you know and uh and that was great it was a blast um yeah i don't get i think the next time i'm trying to persuade amber to go to DragonCon this year but uh i'm still working on her Hmm.
4: so what are your next public appearances
1: um Geez, that's a good question. I have. Uh, I, I do have a couple of signings scheduled, but i got to be honest and say I don't really know when they are. <laughs> oh, you know what? I've got, I, 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 I've, I'm going to do a bunch of signings in August uh, to, to celebrate the publication of The Chamber of Ten and the reissue of Saints and Shadows, but I haven't started to schedule them yet. I am going to be signing at the River Run Bookstore in Portsmouth in August, I don't remember the oh. date, but in August with uh, with Nate Kenyon and Tom Stagowski, and uh, that's going to be a blast, and then I'm doing another signing, uh, I believe the 14th of October, which is way, way off, obviously, uh, in Salem, Massachusetts, it's you know, Halloween time, Ooh, right and, and other than that, I'm just, sorry, what's that?
3: Right near me, you know who else is in Salem is the Underburbs.
1: The Underburp?
3: Underburp.
1: Did you not see that Close enough. We're, we're Close not going to tell
3: Joe and
1: TJ he said that. Is that like a stage whisper, an underburp? That's <laughs> like, the best comic book series that out there. That was weird. Right? Anyway, uh, but yeah, no, that's great. Well, you'll have to come out to Salem. Uh, we're going to have a good time, I think. It's going to be uh, uh, a, a good part.
2: Yeah, well, definitely. The, uh, uh, definitely at least, you know, have you on right before, and then, uh, well, I would love to get out there for that.
1: Well, you know what you guys should do. You should come and record the whole thing because it's going to be me and Brian Keene and a guy named Paul Trembley, who's another local author. But Brian Keene, the, the, the horror author, is going to come up, and uh, you guys should come.
3: All right, it's a date.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to probably and, uh, do a do a Q and A, and all that stuff. Be cool. Ah, oh, cool. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and then convention-wise, I go to Nikon in July in, in uh, Rhode Island every July, and uh, and then I'm, go- I'm going to Thriller Fest in New York the weekend after. Um, I'm going to Dragon Con uh, first week of September. Uh, I think that's about it right now. Um, that's enough. <laughs> I might I might go to, to New York Comic Con. You guys going to go down?
4: Oh, I've been there a few times. Oh my God, <laughs> <That's> wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. That but could be
3: uh, cool. the, the only short yeah. thing for us right now is Granite Con Manchester, which is going to be big.
1: Yeah. What's going to be big?
3: Granite Con Manchester.
1: Granite Con's going to be big? Really? It's
3: going to be huge. Oh you know why? Because we are bringing. What's the movie called again? Crap. Brown Coach Redemption. You
1: bringing, really
4: should start watching some Joss Whedon stuff. He's He's a good guy.
3: <laughs> and and That's we're cool. bringing their director and possibly I just got word of this possibly their editor who lives in Rhode Island is also going to come up with an exclusive clip that, that, yeah Boston couldn't even get them but since they're they're good friends of ours we said hey come up to Granite <laughs> and hang out with us because we're that cool
1: apparently cool. Well, you guys because you are that cool
4: yeah, you know what it is? It's our it's our humility. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: think so? You think that's what does it? I share. Is. Yeah, I share in that modesty. It's uh, you know, it's, really? a, it's an admirable trait.
3: You keep saying it's something about buxom redheads, and I, I don't know what. to Yeah, do. I don't know what
1: to uh, do I'm do. sorry. You just you just said the magic word. <laughs>
3: Because we do bucks, have more than one. You can't just say,
1: you bucks say the and word redhead. "bucks and redheads" any time, and it's like it's like the, the code word that activates the Soviet mole. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of all of a sudden I wake up as if from a trance. Did you say bucks and redheads?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, that might have been that. That should have been the first comic book I ever bought with my own money. Bucks and redheads, <laughs> D- dr- drawn, drawn by Frank Cho. There you go You guys guys are all thinking about that You guys all want that comic book right now Bucks and Redheads by Frank show.
3: Absolutely (laughs) I'd be lying if I said I didn't
4: We could just get a whole uh, uh, We should get like a whole bunch of uh, Artist jams for that We'll get Lindsner again Cry for Bucks and Redheads
2: (laughs) Uh. You know it's bad Uh, enough for Marvel up with Models, Inc., and I was, like, riveted for four issues. Now, fuck some redheads. I'm a sucker. you got to get
3: Tracy Lee Quinn in Hey, office.
1: you know what else? We, we were there talking about Boston. Before Before we're done talking about Boston Comic-Con and Amber, I would be a poor friend indeed if I did not plug the uh, Boston, what is it, the Indip- Boston Independent Film Festival Absolutely, uh, next please. weekend. Uh, on Saturday night at ten thirty, I believe in the, is it the Somerville Theater it's showing at, but whatever it is, it's the oh, Internet, yeah. it's the uh, Boston Independent Film Festival, and um, and and Amber's movie Drones that she and Adam Bush co-directed is, is yes. playing ten thirty Saturday night. And, uh, boy, the the, uh, the the word on it that I'm hearing out of the, the showings they've had in L.A. is fantastic. So I'm really excited for her for that.
2: Ooh, I will the be brand. there. The is not to be
1: missed. Yep, I will be there. Amber will be there. Um, so, yeah, for sure. When was that again? Every, it's called Drones. When is it? Did you ask me?
4: No, when when it's at the Somerville Theater, which it, in itself is a marvel. Uh, I don't, I
1: don't know. I, don't, I, I we have to go online and check, but it's drones. Oh. It's yeah. the Boston uh, Independent Film Festival. It's it's uh, next Saturday night at ten thirty, and um, and tickets are available online. Next yep. we, and I'll be there. Say, as soon as there.
4: people are do, as soon as people are done listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, because they'll all be glued there. their... You know, the computers run over to Correct. uh, You
3: know, guys, you could all drive down here. We could do the show from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth and we could all go over.
2: Oh, God, we've done that before.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's a great idea. I can't help it.
4: A plague upon a spectacular idea. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh, so we're crashing at your place? Sure. Okay, everyone is going to see drones. We're all crashing at Chris Golden's place
2: afterwards.
1: <laughs> no, 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 we're, we're crashing at Kriana's place.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I that choose. would be just fine.
3: <laughs> Jake, did I detect a note of sarcasm in your voice there?
4: Ed? I, I detect a note of paybacks a bitch. You can crash here get anyway. Kriana, I can Saturday night
1: yeah, just make sure. Make sure to have plenty of bucks and redheads and room on the couch for me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh,
2: there was. Anytime, okay. darling. Okay, it looks like Jones is playing at the Somerville 1 at 1030 on Saturday night.
0: There you go.
3: We could totally Fair. do that. Easy. Totally. Totally.
0: Chris, still talking about Amber, can you tell us a little bit about that the series that you started with her about the fairies? <laughs>
1: Uh, you mean Ghost of Albion? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a weird thing actually because she and I had done these comic books together, and um, and we got a call. I got a call from the BBC saying, you know, we have this idea for a uh, an online animated supernatural, uh, you know, serial. Um, you know this adventure series, and we're we're wondering if you and Amber are interested in writing it. And they explained to us what the series was, and essentially what they wanted us to do was write Buffy the Vampire Slayer in Victorian times. Um, Ooh, Steam-punk. And Amber and I, yeah, no, that's really they, they. And it would have been totally like you know uh, lawsuit city. And Amber and <laughs> I said, under under no circumstances do we have any interest in doing that. However, immediately because, and in fact, Amber didn't know anything about this. I, I had this idea for a, a thing that I was going to write called Ghosts of Hollywood, which was set in modern day, and uh, it, it was about this woman who was the bartender in Hollywood who who found out that her grandfather was the supernatural protector of Hollywood, and, and he, once he died, it fell to her and her brother to uh, to to take up the mantle and do that. Um, with the help and cooperation of of the ghost to old movie stars.
0: Um, That sounds awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that was the original pitch. And we still may end up doing that because it's still sort of the format, you know. Um, And so when they said this, uh, I immediately said, well, actually, Amber and I have been working on this other thing. Um, And it's you know, it's about this, blah, 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 and it's, you know, Victorian, and I said it was set in London in Victorian times, because they wanted a supernatural thriller set in Victorian times, and they were like, that sounds great, and uh, I hung up the phone, I was actually in London at the time, and I hung up the phone, and I called Amber, um, and I told her the basic gist, and she immediately, because this is the way our minds work, she immediately went about. Well, we need to change this and change the. And and we brainstormed and came up with what ghosts we would want to use of historical figures in England and and uh, and what the plot should be for the for the initial you know storyline and all this stuff. So the basic germ came from my ghosts of Hollywood idea, and then we built it together. And we did an hour-long uh, animated serial um, with great cast. I love seeing uh, you know I, we're still friends with members of the cast. Um, and I love seeing people like uh, Patterson Joseph who's amazing. Um, was in Ghosts of Albion. and he's on that BBC show Survivors that's been playing on BBC America lately. Um and we had Anthony Daniels who was C three PO, we had Emma Sam's, we had uh, a, a fantastic uh, uh classic English actor named Leslie Phillips who goes back decades and decades and uh you know, just great. I mean, it was a fantastic experience. And then from that, we, um, uh, we did another hour of that and then we created a book series. Um, and we did two novels, uh, Accursed and Witchery, uh, and a novella and, and, and we've actually been talking lately. It's actually, uh, it's, it's currently optioned for film, but, um, uh, but we've been talking lately about doing potentially doing some more books, and actually we've had some discussions about comics recently as well.
2: So oh, it, it may, nice! It may re-
1: yeah, it may return. I mean, it's it's something we want to do eventually, but we both have been super busy, and we actually have um, another project that has been that may be coming about before that. So. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Secret yeah. surprise well, project, you know, or
2: can you jump something out at us?
1: Um, you know, it's it's in the nascent stages. We know exactly what it is, but it's something we developed as a as a TV pitch. Uh, we're probably going to try to pitch uh, this year, maybe, um, and uh, and we're also going to try to simultaneously go out with it as we're working on the book pitch right now. So, well,
3: don't tell us anything we'll probably, too soon. We don't want to jinx it.
1: That's right. Oh no! I'm not going to talk about it, and I'm not going to tell you what it's called or anything. But uh, <clears> all but I I'll tell say. you is all I'll tell you is it has witches.
3: Ooh! I will say, <laughs> however, anytime you want to send arcs or review copies our way, we will be so happy.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Just... Well, it's also. There's, there's, there's another thing that uh, that I did with my friend Tim Levin that that there'll be probably significant news on soon that I can't talk about right now, but I will tell you what the project is. Um, the first book doesn't come out until March of next year, but I actually think it's going to be one of the biggest things I've done, and it's certainly one of the coolest things I've done, and it, it comes from a great story, um, which is that... Uh, it, a few years ago, we were up at world horror convention in Toronto, and we were out covered Thai food with a group of like 15 people, and we were all getting totally smashed, eating crazy spicy Thai food. And Tim was talking about how he was writing the uh, uh, the novelization of Thirty Days of Night at the time, and um, yeah. <laughs> the the subject of of uh, well, we were talking about certain kinds of vampires. Um, and this is not a vampire book, by the way. But it, 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 I won't, without giving anything away, I will tell you, it snowballed into a conversation about uh, period horror in the Arctic. Um, wow. And oh. it, led to us, it, it led to us creating a, uh, a young adult fantasy series called The Secret Journeys of Jack London.
3: Oh. oh my goodness, now, hold that thought for a second because I gotta get Zombrarian in here because you just said young adult and fantasy in the same sentence. Okay. okay. Zombrarian.
4: I need, I uh, you know, I love Jack London's stuff. Nobody talks
1: no about kidding. it anymore. Quickly. Oh dude, Jack London is my favorite classic author.
4: Man, it was when well, you I had you know, Oh yeah. Back in grade school, when it's like, yeah, all right, you have to read this book. It's like, oh, man, Jack London. I was like, oh, hey.
2: Call the Wild? Thank you. I would love it's to the read that Zumbrian. one more This hello. Hello. Hi,
3: Zombrarian. Hello. That the title is a young adult fantasy novel or series. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Uh, it's, a,
1: it's, a, it's, a, it's intended to be a trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's called The Secret Journeys of Jack London, and basically the idea is that these are the adventures that Jack London had uh, that are supernatural in nature, um, but that he felt that no one would ever believe him. So he basically took out the supernatural elements and wrote The Call of the Wild and The sea Wolf* and White Fang uh, as the watered-down, ordinary version of what really happened. So what we're doing is we're writing the stories of what really happened. Um, and the first book, uh, again, I don't want to give too much away, but I will tell you that the first book, which is called The Wild, does have the Wendigo in it. Um, and, uh, and it's pretty damn cool. So awesome. ever, it's so much fun. I actually got, I got the cover today. Uh, in in uh, my email, and, uh, and it looks fantastic. It's being the book is illustrated. There's about, about uh, 20 illustrations by a guy named Greg Ruth, um, who is fantastic. If you go and look him up, um, you'll see some of his work. He's he's incredible. And uh, so we're excited. So that's going to be a, a hardcover series. The first book comes out in March of next year, and it's way ahead of time. But you know, we're talking about what I'm working on now, and there you go.
3: Chris, have you ever heard of the series Hear There Be Dragons?
1: Um, you know what? It's so funny you should ask that because I haven't. And I haven't because I never picked it up to read what it was about, and I thought the cover was ugly. I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> but I was like, I, was, I saw the cover, and I was like, eh, that's not my kind of thing. And the only reason I even know about it, because I didn't even know what it was called. I just had seen the cover is because a day or two ago they announced that it had been picked up to be made into a movie.
3: That's true, that's true. But your description of the Jack London story reminded me of Here There Be Dragons, but opposite. So the, the basic premise of Here There Be Dragons is they go into this other world, like, you know, Antarctica, but um, they find all these fantasy supernatural things there, but then they go and write fantasy books about them, which no one is expected to believe, but is really what happened. Right. I just yeah. think, in contrast yeah. with the two ideas, it's a really cool and two different, but awesome ways to approach having something supernatural happen to you. And the Wendigo are right yeah. in the beginning of here. There be dragons. Yeah. They are. <laughs> Which is kind yeah. of just, Well, really
1: cool. Cool. I have to tell you that Tim and I had an, an amazing time just doing the research for the, this series. I mean, just the, you know, reading about it and coming up with. Uh, you know, with everything we need to talk about with, you know, with the, uh, you know, the, the, the panning for gold and the Yukon Territory and the, you know, the dog sleds and, the, you know, um, the White Horse River and all of this, you know, just like amazing stuff. And, uh, uh, the, the, but the coolest thing we found in our research was something that basically to me meant that we really had to do this series, which is that Jack London's mother, this is true, by the way. Jack London's mother was a charlatan. She was a fraud medium, who was you know, she was. She was a medium, and uh, and when Jack was a kid, she would put him like on the table where they would be having seances, and she would basically call down the spirits to punish him uh, for for misbehaving. <gasps> Oh, um, God. And, uh, yeah, oh. this is true. If and that doesn't uh, mess you up, and, nothing was. Well. And so, yeah, that'll screw you up for the rest of your life. Did, did they ever, um, now you said
4: it was a charlatan, Was did they ever, like, you know, have the police after them? Because all I can think of is a young Jack London would be a small medium at large.
1: Oh. <laughs> go, no, go oh. On. That, that you, was, that was bad. you
2: have been reading far too much of Callahan stuff, and you must stop with the punsters right now.
1: Oh my goodness! Yes. I, what I was going to say is, you've been waiting your whole life to make that joke. <laughs> Are you kidding?
2: Um, he makes that. He makes jokes far worse than that on a daily basis. You got to realize, we we have Spider Robinson on the show uh, at in 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 a couple of weeks. And Spider is known as an inveterate punster. And X has just been sharpening what he pretends to have as wit.
1: To make <laughs> that... Uh, that was very well, you know, some, people, some people have Sudoku and other people pun, I guess. <laughs>
4: I, I do I'm i of sad. I sent the punitentiary. Oh, 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 Wow.
3: That one was physically
2: painful. <laughs> and that would be different from all the other ones
0: ah.
4: oh no I like you with this whole Kathleen Turner voice you stay this way
0: oh thanks
4: go ahead say Roger my honey bunny
0: Roger my honey bunny oh
2: baby oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, note. <laughs> Is
3: that a note
2: was that a note for us to leave on I don't know was it uh, I was damn close Hey, Chris, thanks for being with us tonight. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
2: And uh, if we don't get down to see uh, Amber and Adam next weekend, please give them our best. Tell them the word on their movie is It's Awesome. And uh, we hope nothing but the best for them.
1: All right. Well, we'll all be sleeping at Criannas on Saturday night.
3: You are quite
1: (laughs) welcome. And yeah, there we go. All right, if guys, can get thank you. You the
3: demon cats when, stuff, you're totally when you have fine. stuff
0: coming up. When you have stuff coming out, Chris, just let us know so we can plug it for you.
1: I definitely will. Awesome, Thanks. pleasure talking it. to you
2: once again. And you
1: too. I Thanks, guess guys.
2: I, I guess that means from the keynote room adjacent to the men's room at the our uh, Rock Hotel and Casino in Area 51. It looks like we're done for the night. From the Four-Color Vault of Comics, Tiptoeing In, The Dead Redhead, and Illustrator X. Thanks, guys. To be continued as night. Night. And night, from guys. the Alston Bright and Hellmouth, Zombrarian, and Kriana, thanks a lot. This is Dome saying, uh, yeah, this was fun. <laughs> good night, <laughs> everyone. Good night. All right. Hang
1: good
3: night.